0: episode 458 how to get booked and paid to speak with grant baldwin the awaken your alpha podcast dragging down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you i'm adam lewis walker host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book awaken your alpha tales and tactics to thrive and it is my mission to share you the real stories the useful stuff the juicy stuff and the reality of what it takes to thrive Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx Talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Get to the podcast. Okay. Enjoy the show. Right, this week we're all about getting booked and paid to speak. If you say you're a speaker, or if you're, you know, you think you're a bit of a speaker, are you a professional speaker? Do you get paid to speak? Has that ever happened? Do you want that to happen more? We have Grant Baldwin on the line. He's the man, he's a speaker, podcaster, author, entrepreneur, all around normal dude trying to make a dent in the world. He is the man behind the Speaker Lab. There's a podcast there, as I mentioned, he's a podcaster and a great program booked and paid to speak so if, you, if that perks your interest you've got to listen to this episode grant are you ready to awaken your alpha today let's do it thanks for letting me hang out with you adam no worries that introduction was quite brief in some ways is there anything i missed Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight what are you all about at the moment
1: yeah, yeah. So if we go, uh, I'll give you the, the nutshell. Like if we go back in time, uh, I was really involved in my local church when I was growing up and uh, especially in high school and my youth pastor had a really big impact on my life. And so I was kind of like, I want to do that. Like that seemed like a cool gig. And, um, so that's kind of the path I was on. So I worked at a, a different church as a, as a youth pastor and had a lot of opportunities to speak. And speaking is one of those things that I, I just, I felt like I was decent at it. I know it wasn't the world's best, and, but wanted to pursue Ultimately, decided I, like I wanted to pursue a career in that, but I just had, um, you know, I had no idea where to go from there. I kind of felt like uh, a lot of people who may be you know listening or watching going like I, I felt like I had the potential, but I needed the plan. felt like I was a yeah. decent speaker, but I didn't know like how do you find how do you find gigs and how much you charge and who hires speakers and like how does this world work. And so uh, met several other speakers and just sort of like trying to learn anything I could about the the, the speaking industry. Uh, and then um, uh, eventually got to a point where I was I was booking several gigs and and uh, more gigs and more gigs and to the point where I was doing about seventy gigs a year i really enjoyed it but i had a lot of people who were asking me some of those same questions going hey i want to be a speaker what what would i do uh, and I found that that a lot of people that we work with today, there's certainly people who uh, want to be full-time speakers. They want to do 50, 60, 70, 100 gigs a year. Uh, and then there's other people, maybe like yourself, Adam, who say like, I, you know, I've got some other stuff going on, but I wouldn't mind doing, I don't know, five gigs, ten gigs a year. But I'm just again still trying to think through yeah. how do I find those and h- how much do you charge and, and the ins and outs of that. So that's the core of what we do today um, at the, our, our company, the Speaker Lab. We got a podcast by the same name, the Speaker Lab Podcast, uh, and teach people how to find and book gigs. I love it and yeah you know, I can be, I act as almost like a case study in aspects of this
0: uh, like Grant said but I'm kind of in, in between the two I would probably say you know I'm 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 sitting around this you know 10 to 20 is how I see it sure. for me and exactly what you you spoke about that that systemized process and that's how I got connected and found uh, Grant and I'm actually going through his book to pay to speak and I can say absolute quality and um and, and it's it's just that you know I'm sure people, you could go out there for a few years, you know, get the bumps and scrapes and work this out by yourself or shorten that curve, get a lot less headaches and get that support. You know, when I have a question, there's an answer there somewhere. So it's a really valuable resource. And and again, I love the way it evolved as in you doing it and then people organically asking you about it. And I... I draw comparisons with the talk accelerated and i did my tedx talk and then all of a sudden everyone's asking me about that aspect and the podcast whether i whether i wanted them to or not and it's naturally evolved right. like that so i can understand and resonate with the journey where are you originally from where are you based where are you, you know where are you speaking to me from today
1: yeah, so uh, I grew up in uh, in Southwest Missouri, in Springfield, Missouri, and so born and raised there. Whole family was there. Met my wife there. Uh, our our daughters were born there, uh, and then we moved to Nashville about five years ago or so. Uh, and so that's where we are today. We're about thirty minutes south of uh, of the city in the suburbs, and uh, we we love it here. There's a lot of good uh, entrepreneurial uh, community, a lot of speakers, authors, uh, and just uh, just really good really good people. It's a beautiful place to live, and so we yeah we dig it here. What would
0: you say is, and there may be obviously, usually there's several, but you're kind of like your awakening moment in terms of finding the path probably for that, that kind of that professional speaker route. And then, you know, you've definitely evolved. And obviously, you, you spend more time at home now, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> you've you kind of
1: been through that. Yeah, two, two big ones that I can think of that come to mind. One was um, when, uh, well, I'd say three real quick. Uh, when my wife was pregnant with our first daughter, uh, I was working as a youth pastor, and I, I was just working a lot of hours. And really just kind of like, man, is this what I want to do? Like, I just felt like I was gone all the time. I just felt burned out. Um, and there's nothing like bringing a a kid into the world that just causes you to question like everything. Like, what am I doing with my life type thing? (laughs) Um, and so ultimately it was just like, all right, is this, is this really what I want to be doing? And so, um, my, uh, so my wife and I had a good conversation, multiple good conversations about it. And ultimately I decided like, okay, I want to, I want to do something different. I was at a, um, uh, we were living in Missouri at the time. And coincidentally we were at a, I was at a, um, a conference, uh, here in Nashville. And, uh, I remember one of the sessions I was in the, the speaker said something to the effect of, if you're not, if you don't enjoy at least 80% of what you're doing, you need to find something different. And I remember thinking like, and that's crazy you know like what what like what else would i be doing and so i ended up i remember leaving that session and calling my wife and saying like i don't know what our next step is but but it's not this and so uh came back from that and and resigned and it was really one of those like um like really big you know awaken pivotal moments in life you kind of look back on and like you know, things could have gone very differently there because at the time, you know, wife was pregnant. Wife was uh, four or five months pregnant, um, you know, left a career, didn't have any like real savings or anything, didn't have like a new career lined up. And so on paper, it didn't make a lot of sense, um, but just knew like, all right, I'm, I, um, I, like the stars are never gonna be perfectly aligned. It's never gonna be all fall into place. You know, like there's never gonna be the, the exact right moment to make some type of big leap or change like that. Um, so that was a really big one. The second one I would say would be about a year later uh, i mean, probably uh, six months, nine months later. Or so, uh, and I, you know, again, I had gone to college for this one career path, as, in order to be a youth pastor. i worked at a church. Uh, again, parts of it I like, parts of it I didn't like. But, but now I'm outside of that, wondering like, you know, do I want to find another church to work at, or what? What would I rather be doing? Um, and ultimately decided like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the speaking thing. And like, that was a big like. Okay but like put a stake in the ground of like we're going to do this and uh again at the time it it just felt um like it felt really daunting and really um uh intimidating of just like how you know how do you do this and how do you make this happen I want to I
0: want to talk to you specifically cuz I'm I'm like very interested in fear in general and yeah, yeah. just the obviously when I think of fear as well I know obviously public speaking is is generally like one of the world's top fears around about yeah. or even ahead of death something in some cases yeah. and obviously you're doing a, a you know a scary thing a different career change and stepping yeah. into that and it's also i know you as a pastor but it it is public speaking and I, there's definitely a difference between a speaker and a professional speaker you know when someone's put their money sure. and invested in you so talk to us about that you know i'm assuming sh- well not assuming sh- could be a mental battle in there and, and how did you approach that as you know doing something that a lot of people are really scared of
1: yeah, well, I, I think, um, you know, they're, they're absolutely, you're right that there's a lot of people who are terrified at the idea of speaking. Um, my wife would be one of those. She hates the idea of speaking. Um, and so, you know, she's like, you, you know, you hop up there, you do your thing. But like, I don't even think about calling on me or anything like that. She just hates that idea. Uh, and so while speaking can still be one of those things that's kind of like uh, nerve wracking or intimidating, it's still one of those things that's really enjoyable. It's kind of like, uh, it's like riding a roller coaster. Um, you know, roller coasters are still a little intimidating, nerve wracking, but I, I still really, like, me and my daughters like riding roller coasters, right? My wife doesn't, um, but uh, so I think it kind of, kind of like that. Uh, and so it, it was definitely, um, you know, the first, like the very first paid gig that I did. Um, and I talk about this inside of, of our book, The Successful Speaker, uh, where I, I, I went, I did this gig, and I spoke for about forty-five minutes to a group of about three hundred people or so. They paid me a thousand dollars, and I knew that that was what the amount was going to be. We had contracted for that and discussed it. Um, and so the talk went really, really well. I got a standing ovation, and the uh, event planner hands me the the envelope with a check in it. And I remember going to my car uh, and just breaking down in tears, just like I, I cannot believe that they they paid me that much to stand on the stage and talk. Like, and I just mm. felt like this is what I wanted to do. I love speaking. I love being able to help people in this way. Um, and it was just this really big, you know, epiphany moment for me of like, I got, I want to do this. I want to do more of this. Um, and so that was another like really big, you know, I guess, again, kind of awakening moment. The, uh, the third and final one I'd say was, um, I got to a point where I was doing 60, 70 gigs I a saying, year. You went all in, you were gigs. like a machine from what yeah. I'm aware of. Yeah. And yeah. that was, that was the pl- yeah, that was the plan was um, I, wanted, I wanted to speak full time. It wasn't like, uh, you know, hey, it would be good. again, because there's plenty of people who kind of speak on the side and it's one of a bunch of things that they do, which mm-hmm. is fine. There's not one that's better or worse than the other. I just knew for me, like I wanted, I was all in on speaking. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and so, uh, so I got to a point where I was doing a lot of gigs. And I remember a, a speaker friend telling me early on, he said, he said, speaking is a high paying manual labor job in that you get paid really, really well to stand on stage and talk. But the nature of speaking is that you, it is a manual labor job. You have to leave your family. You have to get on a plane. You have to go somewhere. You, while you're standing and speaking to that one audience, you cannot be speaking to any other audience. Uh, that's just kind of, the, it is what it is. Uh, and so I remember thinking like, you know, in order to, uh, to increase my, my income or my impact, Either one of two things has to happen. Either you have to do more gigs, which I was already traveling a lot. I didn't want to be doing more gigs, uh, or you just have to charge a lot more. And I was on the upper end of what I felt comfortable charging, and so I was kind of like, "All right, so now what?" You know. Mm. And so I was talking with a uh, a speaker friend of mine, um, and I was trying to think this through. And he he gave me some of the best career advice. And this is applicable, to just speaking this truth with anything. Um, but he said, "You want to regularly find things where the challenge exceeds the skill set." Where the challenge you can see is the skill set. And so what I mean by that is, uh, Adam, you and I have both been doing podcasts for a long time, right? The first time you do a podcast, interview an episode, it feels like the challenge exceeds the skill set feels like you're oh, yeah. in, oh, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're in way over your head i don't yeah. know what i'm doing this is going to be a complete disaster but i'm going to try it right but what happens is, is over time it flips and the skill set mm. exceeds the challenge like you and i could both go on autopilot and still produce a good podcast episode right but you have to find things regularly where you feel like man i'm i'm a bit over my head but in a good way in a healthy way right and so it feels like you know this especially guys like we we need mountains to climb we need um uh things to go yeah (laughs) Yeah. we we need like obstacles to go after um versus like yeah it's just you know smooth sailing the rest of the life like that's boring like that just gets real repetitive and monotonous and so that's kind of how i felt of of going um okay, am I just going to do this the rest of my life? Like just do 70 gigs a year for the rest of my life. And I knew plenty of speakers who had done that. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I knew for me, I was kind of wired, like I, I need a new mountain to climb. And so at the time, like I was saying, uh, that's where I had a lot of people who were asking me like, hey, I want to be a speaker. How would I go about doing that? And so we started pivoting and doing some more in that direction. Uh, and so that's the, again, kind of the, the core of what we do today. Yeah. So all that to say, like, um, I think there's been several of those, like, again, kind of iterations along the way of your, of your, you are, um, kind of figuring it out as you go, and uh, never like I tell people, I tell entrepreneurs all the time, like any entrepreneur that you look up to, you admire, you respect. None of us know what we're doing. <laughs> we're all making it up I as we to, go.
0: No, I'm, I'm not saying this is like specifically, but I, I I hope you never get rid of your you know the old versions of like 1.0 of the Speaker Lab and stuff like that because when yeah. I find them, by actually just stumble across them, I'm like yeah. I really like that because I see the evolution. Yeah. You know, and you think because someone could like you say come across you now and think wow he's so polished look at the the content look at it's all good setup then come across like kind of the not the sure. same content but like the early versions like sure. where you're just working out and i, I love that because it, it just makes it it's very like i don't know relatable because oh yeah that's i get that you know i can yeah. see how the evolution and i just i love the progression like I, i'm very confident like the the speaker lab A year ago is very different to how it is now and how it's going to be in a year. And I, I just love seeing that because it's a good sign as opposed to if I see someone that's kind of stagnant. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 and well, and I tell I tell speakers all the time as well, like, um, because it's it's easy to look at other speakers who are you know extremely polished. They have their their a great website or a great video or just a great speech and think, well, you know, like I don't have that or I I, I can never be as good as they are. But remember, like everybody starts from zero. Mm. Everybody starts from zero. There was a time when any speaker that you look up to, you admire, you respect, any speaker that you think of, they all started with none gigs and then they did their first gig. They went from zero to one, and then one to two. Everybody starts from zero. There's a time where they didn't have a website, and then they did have a website, and it sucked. And then they made a different (laughs) website and a different website. So like for me today, I've had six or seven different versions of websites. I've had seven or eight different versions of demo videos. And so one thing we we tell speakers all the time is to work with what you've got, do it with excellence, do it to the best of your ability, and improve as you go. Definitely.
0: And uh, I think S- smoothly moving into when is a time when it really kind of like your speaker horror story
1: yeah so i tell speakers all the time so there's three variables that go into a talk when it, when you you think about like um you know did a talk go well or did it not go well there's three variables there's you that yourself as the speaker did you do a good job were you prepared did you have your act together right uh there's the uh the audience right so let's imagine for example um that right before you get up to speak, let's say you're speaking to a group of salespeople and right before you get up to speak, um, the, 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 you know, the vice president of sales or whoever hops up and says, hey, uh, bad news, we're gonna have to have some budget cuts. And uh, as soon as this next speaker's done, um, half of you are gonna lose your job. Well, if I get up and speak then, it doesn't matter what I say, that the audience is gonna be checked out, right? Uh so the audience is gonna be a factor and a variable there. And then the third factor is gonna be the environment. Uh so I'll give you an example of this a couple of years ago I was speaking at a conference in New Jersey. It was kind of in this big industrial warehouse and uh I did a keynote for about two thousand people or so. And then, uh, and the room was set up for about 2000 people. And right afterwards, they were gonna be doing a workshop for about 50 people. Uh, and they're like, we don't have another uh, good room or set up here, so we're going to just have you do the same, we're gonna have you do the workshop in the same room. So a keynote for 2000 people in a room that seats 2000 people works really, really well. But a workshop in a room that for 2000 people that's, that only holds 50, only has 50 people in it is a very, very different environment. Uh, it just feels empty, it feels dead, it feels just lifeless. Um, and so again, the point being like there's a couple different variables and factors there. So I've had some, I've had some crazy times where I remember speaking at a conference and um, it was at a big hotel and they were doing a lot of construction outside and the, the power got cut for the entire hotel uh, and, and uh, ended up having to have, um, I had done, let's see, I had done a keynote that morning and it was going to be doing a workshop that afternoon with a smaller group of a couple hundred people or something. Uh, so I told the event planners like, I'm, I'm good to go. Like, well, I think this will be fun. We can just roll with it. And so we had everyone turn on their, their flashlight on their phone and I did the keynote in the dark or that workshop cool. in the dark. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember one time a uh, times where like fire alarms have gone off or cell phones have gone off. Or uh, I remember one time a, a dog somehow got into this room and come, like just goes zipping around the room, you know, this <laughs> group of about a hundred a couple, couple hundred people. And there's dogs running all over the place. And you're like, you can't I can't compete with that. that you can't compete with a dog, no. <laughs> um, I just remember speaking at a, a, a like this um, outdoor, like big metal tin building. And there's was, um, a big hailstorm came in and it was just <laughs> pounding. And it just felt like the whole building's going to collapse. Well, these are sounds like you know. very
0: environmental and, uh, you know, situational. But I suppose, is there a time when you think, for whatever reason like you didn't bring your a-game or you were off like what the ex- level you expect from yourself
1: yeah no absolutely there are absolutely times when i think a lot of times like if, if a speaker were like man I, I just completely bombed i think a lot of times again it's not necessarily the speaker it's just a combination of a bunch mm-hmm. of factors but there's been plenty of times where it's just like i don't know i just it wasn't like a complete disaster and it wasn't like I completely bombed, but it was just like i just i i I, I was not as, as focused as I could have been or didn't feel like it was clicking with the audience or I just felt kind of off of a rhythm yeah. and you can't really like point to oh okay well you know I told this out of, out of order or I did this instead of that and it's yeah. just like it's just a day where it kind of you know like like I think with anything you know you um you, there's days where you you walk in and you just feel like I'm on it I'm I'm dialed in and ready and there's days where you're like the show must go on and I've got to be ready for it. But I, I don't know, just something feels off or, you know, whatever. So that, that's normal. That's fine. Like yeah. th- not, um, you know, if we, if we both look back on hundreds and hundreds of podcast episodes, there's some of you looking back and be like, dang, that was a really good episode. And others, you're like, I don't know. I felt like I did okay, but it wasn't yeah. my best episode, you know, and it's, it's, that's part of it. Yeah. I suppose um,
0: knowing what you know now. What are some of the, um, so someone who's listening to this and maybe that completely new to speaking or they're like, they feel like they're a speaker, not a professional, or they're moving sure. forwards in that direction. They've got aspirations. Some of the foundations to get to that next level.
1: Yeah. Well, I think one of the simplest things to do to get better as a speaker is that the more you speak, the more you speak um, and, and the better speaker you become. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's the way that you get, you get better at anything. You know, the way I get better at, at playing golf is I actually play golf, you know, and the way you get better as a writer is you write, the way you get better as a singer is you sing, the way you get better as a speaker is you speak. Uh, So that's one of the best things you can do um, is just get, get reps. I think the reason that I'm, I don't think I'm the world's best speaker. I think I'm a decent speaker today. Um, isn't because of any special talent or ability or anything. It's just, I have a lot of reps. I've done, I've done a lot of gigs in front of a lot of different audiences, had a lot of different random environments. Two things I would say that any speaker can do at any level to get better is one is you, you can spend a lot of time practicing and preparing the best speakers on the planet. They don't just, you know, scribble down a couple of thoughts and hop up on a stage and wing it and like, all right, I hope this all works out. Like they really spend the time to, um, to practice and prepare, and make sure when they do present that it is polished and dialed in. It's kind of like a, you know, a good example. Of this would be like a, a good stand-up comedian. You know, if you've ever seen a, a good Netflix special of a comedian, like we think like, oh, they're just funny. You know, like, yeah, they're funny, but like they've also tested and tested and tested and tested that material. So when they get up there, it's not like, ah, this is the first time I've told this joke. And whoop, what are the odds? Did it actually worked. Like, it doesn't work like that. Like they've spent so much time, you know, practicing behind the scenes. So that's that's a simple thing anybody can do. The other thing that I would say that any speaker can do is to tell a lot of stories, tell a lot of stories. That is a great, great tool for any speaker because as humans, like we're, we're drawn to stories. We resonate with stories. Stories are memorable, they're relatable. Uh, and so again, I, I highly recommend that as speakers that you tell, tell a lot of stories. So those would be just a couple of ideas and thoughts of, of how you can get better as a speaker.
0: What sticks in your mind is kind of like a, your speaking peak, either the biggest
1: crowd, coolest venue. The, the biggest event I've done, um was a uh as a convention of thirteen thousand people uh wow. and so it was one like in a uh, kind of an arena type setting and and you know there's a whole bunch of screens and a massive stage and oh, wait, did you feel the... like a rock star at some point where you think oh, look at this. it's a little it's weird you know <laughs> and i know you gotta get um, out of that
0: mindset very quick but just for a split second at least when you finish is wow that is a huge
1: crowd yeah like you absolutely like enjoy enjoy the moment of it what's kind of weird though is uh in those big type of environments is the the there's a lot of lights in your face to light up the stage yeah. and to light you up so you can't see a ton of the audience you know so you're kind of you're speaking to tr- to like lights basically uh and you can see like the first couple of rows of people and you're like i assume there's a lot of people out here i saw <laughs> it earlier with there's the lights on rows back yeah there. <laughs> um so that that can be a little weird of just like i you know there's people out there and uh which actually you know i i would actually um you know an like an arena type setting like that is is a little bit difficult because it 's so big. Mm. What you want as a speaker is you actually want a room that's almost too small. Like you want a place that feels crowded because um, energy, uh, um, uh, laughter, and engagement is contagious. Mm. And so that's what I was talking about earlier of like if you have a, a 2,000 seat room that, hold, that has 50 people in it, it just feels empty. Like it just feels hollow. It's like going to a, a sporting event and like even if it's a great game, but the arena or the, f- or the stadium or whatever is half full, like it just feels empty. It just feels mm. dead, you know? So you, you want a place that just feels packed, like it just feels crowd, like standing room only. And that is a really, really, really good thing for a speaker. So, um, so I, I like that type of venue versus like a huge, 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 huge room, even if it's like mostly full, but so it's, like, it's just a big, big room uh, that's hard to con- compete with.
0: Awesome. Right. We're moving into the alpha round. It's very, very exciting times. So we like to start that off with, is there a particular quote that really sums up your approach to life or just like an all time favorite quote, um, you sort of thing you'd have written on the side of your office or something.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, who you are is more important than what you do. Who you are is more important than what you do. And what I mean by that is, you know, um, Adam, you and I, and everyone listening, we're like, we're motivated, driven, entrepreneurial guys, and we want to do well in life and there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, my primary roles are as a husband, as a father, as a human, uh, as a friend, just as a person. Like if, 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 if I'm a great speaker, if I make a difference in a bunch of other lives, but I, I drop the ball as a husband or as a father, if my kids don't have a good relationship with me, if my uh, wife doesn't have a good relationship with me, like then I, I've really dropped the ball. Like that, I've missed the point. Uh, and so that's one of the biggest things is, is that I try to live by is that who you are is more important than what you do. Absolutely love
0: that. And outside of your awesome new book that we're going to mention, um, what has been a very impactful book for you? Either it's just a favorite book or you just read it at the right time and it might not be that impactful for others, but it was for you.
1: Yeah. uh, One of my favorite business books is a book called Rework um, by Jason Freed and uh, David Hanson. It's probably, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years old or so. Yeah. Uh, but a really, one really of my good. Early books. It's quite yeah, a random yeah. little one. Yeah, yeah uh, really, really like that. I've always really liked the way that they think about business. Uh, and that it's kind of ties it a little bit into the who you are is more important than what you do, meaning that those guys, um, you know, they have a very successful business, but outside looking in, it doesn't seem like, you know, they're trying to kill themselves in the process and we're going to work, you know, 70, 80 hours a week and we're going to have horrible relationships. And we're going to be the shell of this person. But man, look at this thing we built. Like, no, 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 like we're in this for the long haul. We're running a marathon, not a sprint. And so uh, they, they, they seem like they do a great job of, of really having solid work-life balance while at the same time building a, a successful company and doing it on their terms.
0: In your business and, and it may be specifically to do with speaking but it also could be to you know the online learning the platform that you've built with a speaker lab is there any particular resource or tool that is really useful in what you do or um it may be one that's widely known but you might use it in a slightly different way and i know we talked about some resources before the show is there anything that springs to
1: mind internally we use slack religiously just for like internal team communication that makes a big difference for us um, Uh, as far as for students you know you and i were talking a little bit about uh, a tool we use called crowdcast um where we use that for uh, a lot of like office hours q a type formats um and so that's what i think it's crowdcast.io uh so that's a a good one that we use with um uh with our students um those would be the main two yeah yeah. (laughs) they come to mind yeah
0: yeah and from your network obviously you've got a podcast you've interviewed a lot of cool people and actually there was a there was an English guy I was listening to on one of your shows recently. And I'm like, he's really cool. i I want to interview him. But is yeah. there anyone who springs to mind if you would be a great um, interview for the Awaken Your Alpha show?
1: Yeah. Um, so I talked to uh, an, an English buddy uh, yesterday, uh, Phil Jones. Uh, that was the one I was, was talking about. about. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah.
0: yeah. I couldn't think of his name for a second, but I, yeah, I came across him through your podcast actually. And I yeah.
1: Phil is a, a, cool a phenomenal. Yeah. He's a really, really great guy. Incredibly smart, incredibly intelligent um and a very very generous guy um and yeah he's a he's a, a fellow uk or so uh, he'd, he'd be a good guy to talk to awesome
0: and um i mentioned we're going to talk about your, your you've got a you know a newly released book so i mean talk to us a little bit kind of like that teaser trailer or like what are some of the key principles that are, are in that book because the speaker lab you do a lot of things around speaking but this is a you know a new book that's just come out so just tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah, so the book is called uh, "The Successful Speaker: Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, and Building Your Platform." And so uh, it's basically the resource I wish I had when I got started. Again, uh, like we touched on earlier, a lot of people are interested in speaking um, at, to various degrees. Some people want to be full-time speakers, and some like I just want to do a few things here and there. Some have been booked for gigs and are going like I don't know what to do now. I've, <laughs> you know, how do I create a talk and how do I pr- present a talk and um, you know that sort of thing? Do I need a contract or you know travel? Who pays for that and logistics and that sort of thing? Uh, and so basically we wanted to create again kind of the, the one-stop shop the 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 handbook the manual the guide that people can refer back to for years and years and years awesome linked to
0: that i feel like for a lot of people the biggest barrier is that mental barrier and talk to us about the, the that side of things in terms of going from the threshold of speaking to paid speaker even if it's like 500 bucks or whatever it is there's obviously there's different definitely a, a mentality shift and I feel like that's the big one as opposed to adding a zero on your fee. It's sure. the, the zero to something. Yeah. You know, about, you know, people who are listening to this and like, oh, I feel like I'm a good speaker, but it's just that that's my kind of my Achilles heel. I just cannot do it or I cannot ask for it. I cannot approach it. What are your thoughts around that?
1: Yeah, so as a speaker, you your job is to provide value to that audience uh, in whatever format, right? And so uh, there's nothing wrong with receiving value in exchange for that. Now, one kind of um, misconception I would say is that uh, I think people oftentimes assume that speaking for free is a bad thing. Uh, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing as long as you know why you're doing it. And what I mean by that is, uh, let's say that you go, um, I'll give you an example. I remember a couple of years ago speaking at a conference for free. Uh, I had been paid several times before at other events. And so I knew I'd, I could be paid for an event. Um, but this was a, a workshop where they weren't paying speakers and that's not uncommon at times, uh, depending on the conference. And so, uh, I went there, I had to pay my own travel to get there. So as soon as I show up at the event, I'm already in the hole. I've already lost money on it. But, um, by do, by doing a workshop to this, to the, to the right audience, I knew it was going to be a good fit. Uh, I picked up multiple coaching clients and multiple people, people invested in our program. Um, and uh, did a great job with that presentation. And so, in fact, the event organizer invited me back the following year to be a, 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 paid, a paid keynote. Um, and so I can point to, here's this one free event that I did, and yet I can point to thousands and thousands of dollars in revenue that were generated yeah. out of that. Sometimes so, more. Is, yeah, exactly. exactly. Example, which is and, another thing people are like, sometimes
0: like so fixed, on I have to be paid. Correct. Whereas, you know, you've got to have an open mind to the, uh, a scenario like that.
1: Totally. Because there are, again, there's going to be people who um, uh, there, there's going to be people who are like, well, I didn't get paid. So it, it doesn't count. But again, I can point to a lot of revenue where I received value. It just didn't come in the form of a check from the event planner. Yeah. So again, you can speak for free. Just know that you're, you're providing something of value. And so you want to make sure you're receiving something of value in exchange for that. Um, but yeah, I would still agree that like it, it's it. Um, I the suppose most- almost like that, that threshold of, you know, like that, that,
0: that clear cut kind of paid to speak as in like, like you said, that moment you talked about that almost like a mm-hmm. life game changer for you were, it's like, they just paid me to speak. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, I mean, and, and I suppose for that first one, even from your perspective, how did you cross that threshold? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, well a couple of thoughts. One would be you, you're not going to get, it if you don't ask. Right. So, um, <laughs> Uh, so, being just finding what your speaking fee is. In fact, we have a, a free tool people can check out. Um, oh, it's brilliant! My...
0: It's brilliant. It really, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I, I love that. It's just just to open your mind a bit as well. And like, oh, actually, totally. I I do have this like because some I think people undervalue undersell themselves. And there's little totally. aspects where people, are, oh, I've got that under my belt. You know, if yep. you are a best selling author, or you've done this aspect. It kind of puts your like package and at least gives you ballpark. Sorry, yep. I just wanted to.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, at myspeakerfee.com, myspeakerfee.com. It's a free speaker fee calculator. Um, you literally answer a couple different questions, and it'll tell you, it takes you less than a minute. It'll tell you what you should be charging as a, as a speaker, and so it gives you just a, a starting point. Um, and so you, again, you 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 don't you're not going to get it if you don't ask for it. But the other thing I would say is one of the most difficult things for any speaker to do is to walk away from a gig because we just enjoy speaking. Speaking's fun, mm-hmm. and so uh, you know, there's some clients that are going to be like, I you know, either I don't have the budget, or I don't uh, you know, I, I um, we've got got a nickel and a a gift card for a $5 subway sandwich. You know, that's all I got. Uh, and so there are times where you may be like, all right, it makes sense. I'm still going to do it. Um, because I can receive value in other ways. And there's other times where you'd be like, "I, I, I'm providing something of value and it doesn't make sense for me to do this, you know? Um, And so like a good analogy for this is, is uh, there's the book E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And he talks about the difference between um, a a baker and running a bakery. Those are two different skill sets, right? And so you can be really, really good as a baker and really, really good at baking something, but it's a different skill set to run a bakery and to charge something for what it is that you're making. And so if you, the, the point being that like, if you just say, well, I'm just going to speak for free because I just love speaking for free and I don't really care what the value is I receive. I just want to speak, 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 speak. Eventually, uh, it's be the equivalent of like, I just like baking. And so I'm just going to give away my baked good, my bread or my cupcakes. I'm just going to bake and give it away, give it away, give it away. Eventually, like you can no longer have the ability to bake things or mm. to speak because you, you um, the art has overtaken the business side of it, right? So you have to have both. You have to be great uh, on the, the baking side, but you also have to be great on running the actual bakery.
0: Well, Grant, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it, man. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, dragging down the finest alpha
0: minds on the planet for you. Please do subscribe, to reach out, connect, pick up a copy of Awaken Your Alpha, Thousand Tactics to Thrive, available on Amazon. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen.
1: Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.